Welcome back to Field Notes by Ag Choice, an educational podcast focused on inspiring growth in our families, businesses, and rural communities. Thanks for listening. I'm Rachel Sadison, and with me is Chris Herr, Executive Director of Penag Industries. Today, we're discussing highly pathogenic avian influenza, or HIPATH AI, which in recent weeks has had a tremendous impact on the poultry industry in Pennsylvania and across the United States. PENAG, an association that serves various agricultural industries, including poultry, has been instrumental in Pennsylvania's response to high-path AI, along with many others, including the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture, United States Department of Agriculture, the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, Penn State Extension, and others. Chris will help us learn more about high-path AI, the current status in the state, and next steps that all of us can take to help prevent the spread of the disease. Welcome to the podcast, Chris. Hey, it's great to be with you uh, and your listeners today, Rachel. Thank you. Great. Well, Chris, can you start by telling our listeners a bit more about highly pathogenic avian influenza? Sure. Just uh, just a bit. Um, appreciate this opportunity to help, help educate uh, your listeners. Uh, avian influenza, and you're going to get this from the perspective of uh, of someone who works in Harrisburg. I'm not a a technician. I'm not a doctor. I rely on them extremely heavily uh, through this process, but I'll I'll try and uh, give it to you on on my level. But avian influenza, it's it's caused uh, by an influenza type A virus, uh, which can infect poultry, Uh, you know, chickens, turkeys, pheasants, quail, uh, domestic ducks, geese, and guinea fowl. and it's, it's carried by uh, free-flying waterfowl, such as ducks and geese and shorebirds. So uh, again, uh, the avian influenza virus is, is out there. Uh, it travels with, uh, with migrating birds, uh, and we're certainly in the midst of that at this point in time and have been for, for some time now. Uh, but again, it can affect uh, all types of poultry, both commercial and backyard. Uh, this idea somehow that uh, outdoor birds are are immune to uh, the avian influenza virus is, is uh, just not accurate. It can affect uh, um, any any uh, avian uh, type bird and and uh, uh, has you know come to uh, Pennsylvania uh, fairly recently uh, for the first time in in uh, you know nearly uh, forty years that we've had the the high path uh, avian influenza here in Pennsylvania. Yeah, and so Chris, you know, the the first case of HIPATH AI in domestic poultry was detected you know, just a few weeks ago, right? April not April sixteenth on a farm in Lancaster County, and over the weeks we've had additional farms that have tested positive. Chris, what is the current status of HIPATH AI here in the state? Sure. Uh, again, the first uh, was was the beginning part of of. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's been several weeks now. Um, in a a large commercial uh, layer flock uh, in uh, in Lancaster County, um, the thing about that is, in that con- particular area, uh, we we put a couple of control zones in. There's a um, a five kilometer control zone and a ten kilometer, and there's some different reasons for that, and I can get into that a little bit later. Uh, but because of the density of flocks. Uh, the number of uh, commercial flocks in that area. There's there's 66 in that uh, that five kilometer, uh, two and a half mile uh, zone. So there's such a high prevalence of uh, of uh, birds um, in that area that, that it's it's really uh, serious. To date, 
Uh, we've uh, had all pretty much within the, the control zone, um, a total of seven flocks, uh, various species, um, uh, some some large layer flocks. We've had some broiler flocks, and and most recently we've had some uh, a duck flock also. So again, seven seven flocks, uh, pretty close to uh, uh, running on four million birds that have uh, been affected by that. Um, from a positive standpoint, we're always looking for the positive. Uh, so far, uh, we have been uh, keeping that uh, that zone fairly intact. All the all the uh, uh, the, the positives have, have been in that area. Uh, we've been able, uh, working with uh, the Department of Agriculture, USDA, they've done a phenomenal job, have been working night and day. A significant amount of testing is going on. And we've been able to, uh, most of those uh, detections after that first flock uh, have been detected with routine testing, uh, surveillance testing. And that has given us the opportunity to um, address those flocks very early, uh, get them uh, euthanized, put down, uh, so the virus load can be kept to a minimum. And the fast work of, again, the Department of Agriculture here in Pennsylvania, Secretary Redding and his crew, Dr. Brightbill, our state vet, along with the, the uh, folks from USDA, has uh, allowed us to, to really mitigate the, the significant virus loads that have you know, affected uh, the Pennsylvania poultry flock back in the early 80s, uh, have really been able to put it down because of the significant amount of uh, surveillance testing that's being done at, at our lab here in Harrisburg, along with the diagnostic laboratory at Penn State and, and the diagnostic laboratory at the University of Pennsylvania Vet School. So uh, again, um, we do have, not, not that that is not insignificant, those numbers, uh, but uh, considering the density of poultry in uh, in that particular area, uh, we feel fortunate this time to have uh, you know kept it to those seven flocks. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned there, Chris, a little bit about the the collaboration of a lot of different organizations and agencies that have been really part of this response to high path AI. From your perspective, how has that collaboration been beneficial and what has been PENAG's role in some of this response? Sure. And, and it takes a team um, since that first detection uh, uh, and, and even before that, for a number of years, look, uh, animal agriculture is 75% of the agriculture in Pennsylvania. Uh, the idea of biosecurity is not a new one. It's been something that we've been preaching and working with our industry, not just the poultry industry, which is, you know, almost seven and a half billion dollars in itself, but with, uh, you know, with the swine industry, with, uh, um, you know, the small ruminant industry, with the dairy industry, uh, you know, all of those things, trying to preach biosecurity, a lot of effort has gone into, uh, you know, just the preparation, um, tabletop exercises in case of uh, something like this. Um, you know, we've developed, um, you know, we, we have a FOMER association when, when birds are uh, humanely euthanized. In many cases, uh, a FOMER is used, and we've had drills related to that. Uh, but this was, uh, you know, this was that day when, when uh, we realized we had it, um, and obviously a lot of anxiety, but uh, with, with Secretary Redding's leadership and uh, the leadership of, of both state and federal working with the industry through PENAG, uh, you know, we really addressed this and, and in a matter of just uh, just hours uh, from detection to uh, beginning that process of trying to keep that virus load 
at a minimum, uh, you know, we were working uh, together. Um, you know, PenAg has been playing an interesting you know, integral role in that, um, you know, with with uh, many times discussing uh, strategy with, with the Department of Agriculture, Deputy Secretary Greg Hostetter has been a tremendous uh, help, uh, uh, and I've mentioned Dr. Brightbill and Secretary Redding, uh, but, uh, you know, coordinating, um, you know, the teams that, that ultimately work with uh, the humane euthanasia of these, these, uh, these flocks, um, there's a lot that goes into it to, to mitigate the amount of, of virus load that would get out into the, uh, you know, into the general area, um, you know, in-house composting, everything from, uh, you know, how to do it to, uh, uh, to getting a carbon source to, uh, you know, to have an effective, uh, you know, compost. So just a lot of, of moving parts and it's not an eight to four job. I mean, these, you know, uh, a lot of this has happened, uh, you know, coming up to Easter weekend, unfortunately, and, and you know, having laboratories work through, uh, you know, through the holiday and, and work, you know, essentially 24 seven to, uh, you know, to see that this is addressed. It's been a, it's been a monumental task. Uh, you realize, uh, as agriculture always is, uh, you know, how much they work together, uh, competitors working with one another to, uh, you know, to, to get the job done. And, um, PenAg is made up of a, a group of uh, about 500 agribusiness companies. On most days, they are competitors. But when uh, we have an issue like this, everybody pulls together and says, okay, how can I help? And part of PenAg's responsibility has been to help uh, uh, pull that together and, and to, to pull resources together and, and, again, work with these regulatory agencies to, to get the job done. That's great. Yeah. And thanks. And, and on behalf of the industry, we really do appreciate what PenAg has done and, and the others that you have mentioned too. But um, PenAg has really done a great job really pulling the industry, um, communicating with the industry. So, so thanks, Chris, to, to you and your team for all that you've done there. So next, uh, you know, we might have some listeners here on our podcast that have some uh, poultry on their farm, whether it's a commercial operation or a backyard flock. What steps can any any farmer that has poultry take to prevent against high path AI, but then also be prepared uh, in case the worst case does happen? Right. Well, it it takes everybody. Uh, there's there's enough virus on the uh, head of a dime. Uh, to uh, to essentially infect you know tens of millions of birds. When you put it in that perspective, um, you know it becomes everybody's issue. Whether you you know are the owner or an operator of a six million uh, bird laying operation, or whether or not you have a you know a few backyard birds. And I think uh, the key word today is is biosecurity and and the basic understanding that you're you're part of this solution. Um, you you really are, and and uh, you know we need everybody to be vigilant. Um, you need to be aware of, uh, of of what you're doing and where you're going. If uh, if you're leaving your dairy farm and and going out to uh, deliver grain uh, to a mill, um, you know where you've been and and where you've been walking is is equally important. Uh, the whole idea of uh, um, you know uh, sanitizing tires and and wearing uh, booties when you uh, you know, plastic uh, boot coverings when you're when you're you're visiting farms, and just being aware of of you know where you're going and and who you're visiting, 
and taking uh, you know the necessary precautions. Um, again, all of agriculture uh, you know is is related and has a symbiotic relationship to one another. Um, you, you may not have a bird on your property, but if you're delivering grain to a feed mill that ultimately is feeding uh, a broiler flock or a layer flock or a duck flock somewhere, uh, you become part of that equation. So just your basic understanding of, of biosecurity and your respect for it. We've, uh, we've spent a lot of uh, time uh, trying to educate folks through, uh, through Langster Farming. We've been running weekly advertisements, whether it's uh, um, informing them about or informing readers about avian flu, um, how to protect your flock. Uh, we've done a special uh, notice on manure hauling. Uh, here we are in the spring of the year, uh, pits are full. Um, it's that time where we want to, uh, you know, get our manure on before um, planting and preparation. So, um, you know, what you do and, and how you go about it in your neighborhood is, is really important. So, you know, just that basic understanding, uh, being aware of, of uh, you know, what's going on with your neighbors and, uh, you know, doing your best to, to be part of the solution is, is critical. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great discussion there, Chris. And certainly we all, whether you have poultry or not, has sort of related in, in what we do in agriculture. That's, that's really critically important. I guess, you know, we might have some listeners here on the line, too, who, you know, generally might be involved in agriculture some way. Maybe they're involved in the industry. Is there anything that, you know industry professionals or even frankly consumers can do as far as helping to protect against the spread of disease Chris sure uh, you know it, it becomes everybody's everybody's issue everybody eats uh, and you realize how how connected agriculture is um, and it, it becomes everybody's you know business uh, the recognition um, something as simple as seeing a, you know a, a, a dead bird in your neighborhood. Uh, both the Game Commission and the Department of Agriculture have uh, sick bird hotlines. Um, you know, in Pennsylvania, the first case uh, of avian influenza was diagnosed in a bald eagle in Chester County. And someone had the foresight of uh, recognizing, uh, you know, here's a, here's a dead bald eagle. Let's call the line and let's get it tested. And lo and behold, uh, from... Uh, you know, that non-farm inform, you know, informed person, uh, you know, we were able to detect and go on high alert that avian influenza was in fact in Pennsylvania and not far from the center of uh, the poultry industry. So, you know, that recognition of, uh, you know, seeing something that's, that's a little odd, you know, seeing a dead bird and, and uh, you know, letting the authorities know at either the game condition or uh, the Department of Agriculture can be a tremendous uh, help beyond what you can do if you're visiting farms and 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 understanding. Um, it's likely that that uh, some of the field trips that your kids uh, um, normally might have gone on to a farm aren't going to happen this year because everybody is taking the the biosecurity uh, issue uh, to to heart, and uh, we're just going to have to make some changes in uh, in the way we operate for a while until we we get past this. Great. Well, thanks, Chris. As we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners here today? Right. Well, again, I've touched on some of these issues. I don't think it can be uh, emphasized enough, uh, you know, biosecurity on your farm, 
uh, being aware of, um, of where you're going and who you're interacting with. And I think, uh, um, you know, we're, we're always going to be, we're coming out of this, this COVID age, but I think, uh, you know, from a farm perspective, um, you know, biosecurity has to be just part of the operation anymore. Again, whether you're raising grain, whether you're raising, you know, have a dairy herd or, or uh, raising pigs or, or chickens, um, just the basic uh, principles of biosecurity uh, need to be incorporated into your farm plan. And, and uh, again, it's not something that's going to come and go anymore. I think this is, this is part of, uh, of, of agriculture as, as we know it going forward. But, uh, you know, really appreciate the opportunity to talk about this. Uh, so much has been going on and we've had so many uh, uh, partners in this. Uh, the Department of Agriculture here in Pennsylvania has done a phenomenal job along with USDA. Our legislators have been very engaged in the discussion of this and, and the needs of, uh, of the Department of Agriculture and the needs of the industry. So uh, many are, are part of uh, what has been a tremendous team uh, to pull this together and um, you know see it through. Well, Chris, thanks so much for this update and for sharing how we can all do our part in helping to protect Pennsylvania's poultry industry against the threat of high path AI. Thanks for joining. Pleasure to be with you, Rachel. Thank you for the opportunity. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review, plus subscribe and share it with a friend. As always, you can head over to agchoice.com slash podcast to view the transcript and listen to other episodes. To catch all the latest from us, follow along on Facebook and Instagram at Ag Choice Farm Credit.